This is the Gary V Audio Experience. So, Gary, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Love the avatar that you've chosen. Um, so, as I said in the intro, you know, I know you from your background in social media prior to NFTs. I was really encouraged to see you enter the space and the kind of humility that you, you brought with you. Um, and I guess like a very considered approach to, to NFTs and, and the community. And I think that's why VFriends uh, did so well. But I really want to understand as, a, as somebody that's pioneered social media, you know, how you see NFTs. Do you see NFTs as a form of social media? And if so, what's different? Um, so first of all, thank you for having me. This is unbelievable to be doing an interview in the metaverse. Uh, I'm just enjoying it tremendously. You know, to me, it's absolutely another form of quote unquote social media. I think that what we're always living in as human beings is a desperate need to communicate, right? And right now, through my avatar, through your avatar, we're communicating and we're also communicating through the word. But the NFTs that sit in one's public wallet in a decade is gonna be one of the great representations of who they actually are, right? There's the, if you think about the evolution of the human, we first learned how to communicate verbally with each other, probably through grunting and other sounds, and then language was developed. And then we started really communicating through our acquisitions of things, whether that was metals or, you know, stripes on our face with paint and then eventually goods right whether it was a car or a home or a painting or our clothes or our outfits uh and so i very much see this as human evolution and owning digital assets actually owning them and using them as a form of expression is exactly why i went all in on nfts it wasn't the sports cards it wasn't the collecting comic books and cards or art those are all fine and great little starting points, but I actually think the NFTs that sit in our wallets as a communication portal to other human beings is the social currency, the the expression uh, that humans require, and and that's the biggest thing I see in it, Jim. Yeah, and I guess you know because you've really been pioneering an implementation of what what's being referred to as access tokens, uh, increasingly these NFTs are a form of access to social experiences, right? That's kind of at the core of, of VFriends. That's right. It, it, you know, it was, it's funny. The core of VFriends really is building intellectual property. I'm completely convinced that the next Pokemon, Disney, um, you know, Harry Potter, Star Wars, instead of being a movie or a card game or like Transformers, a toy and a cartoon, that the next big, 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 uh, intellectual properties are going to be yeah, big. Uh, I'm practicing my metaverse actions. Um, yeah. I better get used to this one because it's probably a big one for me. The next big intellectual properties are going to be built from NFTs. For me, that's my ambition with VFriends, comma, what is also a big ambition is to make sure my community wins. And one of the ways I thought I could do that was provide off-chain value like a conference, like the access. And I wanted to show people more of the opportunities that we could have with NFTs, take advantage of the small contract, something I didn't see many people doing. So the real play for me is building the intellectual property, 
but the short-term play was to educate the market and provide extreme upfront value to anybody that decided to buy a VFRED. So, I mean, I really like this. I also subscribe to the idea that the next, I mean, not even million, right, multi-billion dollar IP brand franchise will be, you know, centered on NFTs as a primitive. But do you think it will be a metaverse native brand or do you think it will be an existing brand coming into or extending its presence into the metaverse through it? I think it's going to be both. I think that there will be intellectual property that takes advantage of the NFT ecosystem with that or or the metaverse ecosystem and accelerates it. Could that be ALF? Could that be Robocop? Could that be something that's been dormant? Was always a big theory of mine, mining old IP. And then I think what I saw and why I did Deep Friends was, oh, we could we could see both. So, you know, I think I, I think it's a game of both, right? You look at um you look at Atari early on, right? Or Nintendo. Uh, John Madden, right, was a real person in the real world and he was able to explode his brand because of Madden football, but we also had Mario Brothers be a video game native thing become humongous in society. So that would be the video game comp. I think you'll see old IP rekindle itself or accelerate itself in this metaverse, Lord of the Rings, Pokemon, whatever it is. And then I think you'll see five meaningful Hello Kitties, Harry Potter, one of which I hope be friends, all native from NFT and metaverse. Yeah, very exciting stuff. So um, how do you, what's your words of advice to existing brands, established brands, established, you know, people, influencers, um, about how they should approach the space? Because as I said at the beginning, you've been very noticeably considered um, and respectful of the community before you entered. I, I could see you kind of popping up in a few Discord servers here and there, uh, initially kind of just observing. And I, I was really impressed by how you approached it compared to, perhaps a lot of other celebrities that kind of did a bit of a hit and run. Yeah, to me, it was, thank you. And that really means a lot to me coming from you. It's the same way I'm thinking about this Oculus ecosystem, right? I've been taking meetings for a while now. Now I'm dipping my toe, I'm doing this interview with you. I, you know, I'm a talker, but I'm only a talker once I really know. And I think it's incredibly important to do homework, to be part of the community, to give, not just take, for example, if you look at VFriends, I could have gone fiat. I could have done a lot of things that would have helped me make more economics. I could have done not a Dutch auction and let all the whales burn it up. I, it was important to me that when people looked back on it, they're like, oh, he, because right now everyone's still just figuring it out. Sure. But in three years, people are going to absolutely understand and they're going to look back and be like, oh, she did it right. He did it right. She did it wrong. He did it wrong. And... I think it's important to respect the community and be a part of it. I remember when I was the wine guy coming into Web 2.0, there was a lot of similar potential cynicism, even though I didn't have the awareness or notoriety, I didn't come from web tech. I wasn't from you know uh, TV, tech TV. I didn't have the scoble kind of Kevin Rose street cred. And so I had to earn it and I enjoyed earning it in 2006, seven, eight. Hey everybody, GaryVandertrip.com. Excited to make another one. Just take some wine videos, no big deal. So, you know, I, I live in a different world than a lot of you who are probably watching this because many of the people that are gonna actually watch this are very heavily into the Web 2.0 internet business. 
Cole, Miles, Gary V here, continuing the conversation. Um, really appreciate you guys jumping in and uh, and making a fair offer. I've seen gone up to 1950. Similar to this space, and that's why I tell everybody, don't go for the land grab, don't go for the headline. This is big deal. This is not a hit and run. This is not a fad. And so you want to be very thoughtful because the economics that you think you're getting in the short term if you're somebody of big status, big fan base, you're actually losing a lot of money by doing a hit and run because the reality is if you did it smartly and patiently and brought value over the next two decades, you would do far better. Um, so, you know, for me, it's, forget about the economics, it's just reputation. You know, to me, yeah. my reputation matters to me tremendously and I want to do things as well as I can. And I think one of the most important things you can do is actually build community, be part of a community, do the right things, try to bring value. And I felt being on chain, you know, teaching people how to get a non-custodial wallet, educating people on gas fees, educating right now because my product sold out, how to not get ripped off on OpenSea. There's a lot of, you know, education and, and that's my plan in the VR Oculus ecosystem too spend the year, really taste, learn, listen, taste, 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 learn, listen, taste, taste, taste. And then when I'm ready to talk, talk from a place of education, not from a place of a quick land grab, fast dollar grab. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I look at it in a similar way in that, you know, NFTs for me are community atomized. And as you say, you know, everything you do is now on chain. So your reputation, the provenance of how you've engaged with this community, your community um, is online forever. And, you know, it's amazing to see people that have really, you know, well-established multi-billion dollar brands already um, kind of careering into the space. Um, and they're probably going to walk away with greater economic damage, the brand, than, than any short-term gain. I think that's exactly right, Jim. I, I think a lot of people are hurting their brand instead of gaining, which is a huge insane mistake when there's so much opportunity in the space but the lack of patience and respect will hurt them yeah absolutely and so you know finally i know that you've talked about making v friends the v friends drop um a kind of blueprint for the rest of the ecosystem i know you've worked very closely with nameless who i'm very proud to say is a, a mutual portfolio startup uh, for both of us um but it'd be great to hear the kind of learnings that you've had by doing this. Obviously, it's always difficult to be the first doing anything. So what learnings have you had uh, for that blueprint? Um, that Ethereum is a volatile currency. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that, uh, but I knew that going in. Uh, that's a little bit of a joke. Uh, uh, what have I learned? I've learned that, uh, well, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you something that I'm telling friends to look out for. We had a really devastating glitch as soon as we launched uh, where the gas fees and MetaMask were showing like $80,000 and it made everybody stop and not buy. And, and when, you do, when, you have a, when you have a Dutch auction, no activity really hurts you. So, you know, we left a lot of economics at the table at the height of the, of the Dutch prices, which was, you know, disappointing, as you can imagine, when you want to be successful with anything you do. Um, that was a big one. Little, little tiny things could quote unquote hurt you making decisions on when you want to go Dutch or English auction or opening a pack or whatever it might be. 
There's a lot of strategy up front. I learned that building a massive Discord community was exactly right. I felt that was true. That was meaningful. Um, I learned that people like to learn. You know, I hear so many excuses of why not non-custodial. And it's too hard for normal people. And I, and I did it with winelibrary.com and credit cards. And I'm enjoying educating people during this time. Um, but most of all, it was just affirmation. You build a community, it will work. You do the right thing by them and try to provide more value, it will work. Um, you do it native to you. For the small scattering of people making fun of my art, I think it meant a lot to a lot of people that it was mine, that it had true provenance, that I didn't go out and hire a digital artist to do it. They're really mine. I can, you know, it's kind of like Mickey Mouse or Bart Simpson. I can now evolve these characters and make them look epic, right? Like your incredible outfit here. I can do that over the next 30 years, but I thought it was important that it came from my hand, from my hand to, to that. So a uh, lot of affirmations more than learnings. Yeah, and of course, because you've done everything on chain, you know, as you said, you can evolve a particular NFT, you know, you're in control of the NFT smart contract. So this is really just the beginning of both the asset, but also the value that can come around it. Could you maybe just explain why the on-chain component is important to you? And I guess why that led you to work and then invest in, in Nameless? You know, I, I liked being educated on the control aspect of on-chain, right? To your point, I built vFriends to make sure that anybody that got involved was not negatively impacted. And by being on chain and being able to add to it and being in control of it and having it there and making it transform, it just it, you know, the thought that nobody could touch it. Do you know if you're if you're a when you're decentralized, when you're you actually using blockchain, you're getting all the true benefits of that. Whereas if you're doing a, I call a lot of people in Web 2.5. I use that term yes, a lot, the transitioning, right? Yeah, there there there's some centralization to what they're doing because they want the economics or they want it to get out quickly and not fully go there. But it also, as you know, leaves them vulnerable to what is so incredible about a decentralized blockchain where, you know, proof of stake, proof of work allows this incredible kind of transparency. Um, I, wanted, I wanted the ability to make sure that everybody knew what they were getting, feel safe in that, and then that then allowed me to focus on all the real world business development deals, IP, acceleration. I feel like I'm in control now of making the intellectual property as powerful as it can be to then create the upside for them. And as long as they aren't getting caught with all the scamming and you know, trying to get tricked or give away their seed phrases or misunderstand currencies on OpenSea or verified pages, um, then they would be put in a good position. And I, I, they, like for me, if you're going to do something, do it the right way. Right. And the right way was to be on chain. Yeah. And look, I think, you know, any, any brand, when they seriously start to think about this, of course, control is very important, whether that's a luxury brand that wants to control the retail experience or whether in your case, the brand is a highly personable one. Um, Gary, look, it's been fantastic having you on. I wish we had more time, but I know you've got to dash to do another interview now. Um, hopefully we get to hang out both in person and again in the metaverse. As we end today's podcast, I want to give a huge shout out to the people. You know, it's so funny. People that leave 
reviews and written reviews of this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all the other platforms just mean the world to me. You've taken an extra 13 to 95 seconds to show love and also give context to people of why this is a worthwhile podcast. So I appreciate that so much. And even more fun, because uh, I think we all love a little cosign or a shout out or a little awareness. Uh, I'm gonna have the team give a couple of shout outs uh, daily on uh, our favorite reviews. So take it away, which were our favorites this week? Thanks so much, Gary. Today's amazing five-star review reads, this show builds up my businesswoman self by demanding the kindness and empathy I desire out of business. The way Gary and the hosts work in circular thought and thus resolve the cognitive dissonance for us lucky listeners is a refreshing source of hope. Thank you so much for that kind review. And to anybody else listening out there, if you leave us a review, you might just get shouted out in the next episode.